Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello, and here we are again today with the Women in Electronics radio program here talking with Bob Gordeaux, who's the VP of Sales for the Americas region. So excited to have Bob join us today. Thank you for being here, Bob. Hey, thank you, Jackie. It's a pleasure to talk with your uh, your group. Very excited as well. Okay, well, why don't we just get going in the interview? Um, Bob, you and I have talked a couple of times, and you know, I'm always impressed with some of our leaders and their stories and how they got here and so I just want to turn it over to you to ask you how you got your start in the electronic component industry and how you landed here as VP of Sales for the Americas for AVX. All right. Thanks, Jackie. Well, um, I'm in my 36th year in the industry. I started way back in uh, 1984 with uh, Hamilton Avnet Electronics as a marketing trainee. And since that time, I spent uh, about the first 15 years of my career on the distribution side of the business. And then I moved over uh, to the OEM side. And uh, currently, I have been with AVX for the uh, last eight years. Well, that's awesome. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of stories along the way, and we'll get into that. But I wanted to ask you, you do, you mentioned you started at Hamilton. And, um, And what did it look like in those days? I remember back in the distribution days of so much training and and there was so much going on at that time for when you came in, we all got trained up maybe a little bit different than nowadays. So I just wanted to ask you that. What do you see versus when you first started the industry compared to now with training and development for new people coming in? Well, certainly there have been a lot of changes since uh, back in the 80s. And uh, if you recall, at that time in the industry, uh, the industry is very new for everyone. Frankly, they couldn't hire enough people fast enough uh, in the industry. Uh, I was lucky enough to graduate in, uh, in May of 1984 from college. And I remember very clearly to this day, starting at Hamilton Avenue on June 3rd of uh, 1984. And when I was hired, I was hired as a marketing uh, trainee. And what that entailed at that time was, uh, in fact, there was a group of about six of us, and I was put in various roles for about a period of, of six, or excuse me, three months. Those roles were inside sales, product marketing, uh, field sales, uh, even spent a couple weeks in the warehouse uh, picking and pulling parts. So it was certainly a more defined training program uh, back then. Uh, compared to probably a lot of things happening today. And I, and I think uh, that's one of the things in that time period. Uh, we've lost a lot of the training that's going on today. Um, and I don't know if it's because of budget cuts or what have you, but it's more become you hire someone, you maybe give them a book, and uh, you expect them a week later to be you know rocking and rolling. So I'm sure every company is a little different, but that's one of the challenges I think uh, we do have in the industry is, is some long-term uh, patience with training. In fact, back in the 80s, uh, funny story, uh, when I joined Hamilton Avnet, there were probably about uh, 20, 25 field salespeople uh, hired by them. 
And when I would start meeting them and talking to them and, and asking about their backgrounds, uh, believe it or not, there were there were a few people that uh, were hired in from working at a bar. And how they got hired in was many of the people in the in the industry would be, you know, frequenting this uh, particular uh, location. And uh, the bartender would ask, what do you guys do? And next thing you know, give us your resume and and a few people were hired that way. Uh, so it's just kind of a, a funny, interesting story going back back in the mid 80s. Wow. So that probably wouldn't happen nowadays. Uh, we have a lot stricter requirements, but I feel like as people come into the industry, you're right, we don't have a lot of training um, and development. That's part of what we're here to offer with women electronics. But, you know, it's interesting. You said you worked at the factory. I look back and I remember those days of going through, I don't know how many manufacturer floors and having to go through so much training. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. I look back now and I think, oh my goodness, I'm so happy I had that sort of training. I don't know that we all get that anymore. But, you know, when we look at now versus then as well, we try to think where we are as an industry, where we're going. And one of the other questions I have for you is, is women in the industry. So we're women in electronics. AVX is a proud supporter. Thank you so much, Bob, for your support Mm -hmm. of women in electronics. Um, But I wanted to ask you, what does that look like too? What does the landscape of women versus men look like compared to when you started in the industry? Yeah, back then, I would say uh, the women that, uh, you know, were working in the industry, most of them had jobs either in inside sales, uh, product management, or, or customer service. Uh, when you look at the field sales, again, referencing my, my first uh, company I worked for there, uh, Hamilton Habitat, I would say there were probably about 10% of the field sales people were, were women. Um, fast forward to today, and, and it certainly has changed, um, especially in the field sales role. I think uh, when I look at my rep network and our, our, our sales team that's out there, uh, I would say it's probably closer to uh, you know 40%. Okay, still still has some uh, runway to grow, but uh, certainly has has increased. Um, now at AVX, uh, actually in my customer service uh, today, that report into me, we have about a ratio of sixty percent women, forty percent men. Um, when we look at moving up into the management ranges, directors, regionals, uh, we're about forty percent women and about fifty percent men. So it definitely has improved and. You know, quite frankly, you know, we, we try to hire the best people capable of doing the job. Uh, certainly, we'd like to see more women apply for many of the jobs, whether it's entry level or middle management or even senior management. And I think that's one of the challenges that uh, is out in the industry today. Well, I think that's an excellent point. And really, that's amazing. Your decision making upper level management positions the women have a pretty high percentage. It's, it's it's a lot of gender parity there. That doesn't match our industry. So congratulations to AVX, and I'm sure that's showing up in your your profits as well. So hats off to you for for that accomplishment. Um, and really, as we're on this subject, what challenges do you think women face? Even if we have those higher percentages at AVX, what challenges do we still face in leadership positions as we're going up in the ranks in our careers? What, what is it that you notice? Well, I think, you know, I think there's still that level of, uh, you know, what's been called the good old boy network. And uh, to 
have a woman get into that network, I think is very challenging uh, for, for all the women uh, in the industry and, and in any industry for that matter. So I think that uh, stigma still exists. Also, uh, you know, there is a perception, I think, that, you know, people may feel a, a having a woman in a senior management position, they may not be as strong as, as their male counterparts, uh, which, you know, personally, the women that I know in senior management positions are uh, uh, actually stronger than a lot of the male uh, uh, people in that in that grouping. So I think it's just the challenge is how do we get and promote those type of women into the higher levels? And one of the things I've also noticed is that, believe it or not, when you when you have uh, a woman in that position and they may be managing other women, uh, there's sometimes more of a conflict there. Okay, and you know, I don't know if it's a jealousy. I don't know if it's intimidation, uh, but there's something there. And I think sometimes uh, women block other women from moving up uh, to be quite, you know, candid, candid with you. That is an excellent point, because one of our goals with women in electronics is to celebrate other women. So what you just described there is actually a very serious issue. It's very critical. It's something we don't talk about as much, but we have fewer people typically in those upper level management positions for women. And we do have a lot of blockers. (laughs) So there is that jealousy, or maybe it's because there's not uh, enough seats at the table. There's a lot of reasons for it. But I think it comes down to education. So programs like Women in Electronics to dig in deeper with companies and to look at the landscape and to do the education because sometimes people don't even catch themselves, know that they're even doing that before they, they start to get the education. But I know you had another point on that. Yeah. The only other thing was I was going to mention is that, you know, some of the things we try to do at AVX to, you know, overcome some of these, these obstacles and barriers is that, um, well, first of all, the, the easiest thing is to pr- promote from within and promote, you know, a capable woman into a new role. Secondly, uh, what I try to do is I try to highlight their their achievements uh, and contributions to the company so people can hear that and see, you know, there's value not only in, you know, a, a person being a woman, but, you know, just in, in their overall contributions. And then the last thing is, you know, we, we certainly feel that, you know, giving and contributing and being part of, of different groups like Women Electronics is, is a very positive step as well. And it shows that we're committed uh, to helping and mentor people along the way. And, you know, I appreciate that, Bob, but I have a question for you um, with what you just said. Do you feel that men, male leaders, need to advocate more to put a female in a leadership position? Well, absolutely, uh, especially if they're qualified. And um, I think, you know, what happens, you know, sometimes men feel threatened. Okay, because I could tell you, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the women that I know, either in in senior level positions or even middle management are very strong women. They're some of our strongest uh, performers. And so with that, we have to make sure uh, that we are, you know, promoting the right people uh, accordingly. So we, we fully support that. Well, I appreciate that. That's an excellent point. I, I appreciate the candid conversation. So leading into that, we talked about male leaders. Um, you talked about the good old boy network. You talked about maybe there being some type of 
intimidation or something with a woman going into an upper level position that might be higher than them. And really the the message would be to everybody in the industry, men and women, there's room for everyone, right? So it doesn't mean as women rise, men can't rise too, or that somehow the woman's taking their spot. So I think that the message is for the industry is men and women can rise together. Like it doesn't mean it has to be one or the other, but what, what other issues do you feel our male leaders face? Because they, I feel like our male leaders get stuck sometimes in this, you know, they want to do the right thing, but sometimes they just don't know which way to step. So can you comment on that a little bit from your perspective? Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, the male leaders, um, you know, sometimes it's a reflection of the culture within the company. Okay. And they want to, stay the course and I'm not going to go off and do something that the the company doesn't embrace. You know, they don't want to take that risk, you know, whereas I think, you know, you need to take that risk uh, sometimes. Uh, And again, I think it it, it shouldn't be male or female. It should be who best can contribute to the company and add value at the end of the day. I think, uh, I think if, if a male hires a female leader, and let's just say it doesn't work out for whatever reason, then it, it becomes a reflection maybe on that male leader mm-hmm. uh, and could, you know, hurt their career, you know, long term. And the other thing, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I think we would agree that sometimes women uh, are, and men have different emotions and how they portray those emotions. Some men, quite frankly, can't can't deal with those type of uh, different emotions and aren't strong enough or, or just don't know how to handle. So, you know, they they take the easy road and just not hire, right? Right. I think it's such a good point, too. So that's another topic, that emotional intelligence that we keep talking about at Women in Electronics and super excited for our conference coming up to be talking about this as men and women together because what you just hit on is so critical. And I believe it's true. I think it's avoiding conflict, not knowing how, how to deal with the emotions. Men tend to get a little more angry to show their emotions and women tend to get a little more emotional. So it's a matter of everybody knowing their own emotional intelligence and being able to work with somebody else who, who looks different. So. Absolutely. In fact, today, you know, I, I will treat you know, the, the uh, men and women differently in different situations because of those different emotions. Okay. So, you know, not one, one approach fits all. So you have to be really conscious in, of those, uh, those different emotions. Well, I appreciate that. I think there's a lot of education that needs to be done in this area. And then I'll ask you one more question, but Bob, before we started, I told you we might do a part two with you. So right now we're doing part one, but we're going to end up doing part two because I have one more question for you today, but I have a lot more (laughs) for the next session. Sure. Okay. Love to. So um, mentorship, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about because you have some really good advice with, with mentorship. And you know, we have our industry wide now global um, mentorship program that connects the industry because I'm very passionate about mentorship and I know it's helped so many people. So who are your mentors and, and, and what do you have to say about mentorship and what it means to a leader in their rising in their career journey? Yeah, I think mentorship is, is extremely important. And I think it's even more so today in light of what I said earlier about the, the training that goes on. I think that uh, I've always tried to be a mentor to not only my direct reports, but the uh, people that report into them. Everyone knows uh, I have a very open door policy, regardless of who you are. Uh, so I, I view that as as a way to mentor, you know, the people in my organization. 
Now, for me personally, over the years, you know, I've had about 10 different managers. And I will say that, you know, each one of them offered a, a various learning attribute that I've, I've kept. Some weren't so good, but at the same time, you're learning something when they're not that great. So I can't think of anything that jumps out to me as a story that I could relate based on these managers. But I will say, in, in terms of really my first mentor, it, it was my dad. And uh, I say that because, you know, he taught me some very basic things, very fundamentals that I still think about, you know, today. And that's, you know, be patient, uh, be respectful, never burn a bridge, and, and make sure you realize that relationships are first and, and the most important at the end of the day. And one story I will relate is back when I was in high school, my dad uh, decided to run for school board. And... Um, he came up with uh, these little cards with his, with his picture on them that he could hand out to, to everyone so they'd vote for him. And he had two words on those, on those cards, and it was, I care. And I've never forgotten that because at the end of the day, I feel if you care, then people are going to you know, see that. It's going to rub off on people. And, and quite frankly, they're going to perform. And that's what a, what a mentor is, is showing that you care at the end of the day. So I've always remembered that. That's a long time ago, but uh, it certainly uh, sticks with me today. Mm, well, Bob, I appreciate that so much and honor your father, who I know is not with us at this time. And um, I think that he left an amazing legacy and I think it's very important for all the leaders to understand and people listening that that's one thing we have to leave is our legacy. So that I care message is what sticks with you. And that is the best message of a life, right? To leave that message that you cared. So for everyone listening, people are watching, even when you don't realize they're watching, whether you're a parent, whether you're a business leader, a mother, sister, whatever it might be, people are watching and we all have an impact on each other's lives. So love that story about your dad and um, would love to reconvene with you for part two to ask you some more questions about our industry and leadership. But I appreciate that you took the time today, Bob, with us and any final thoughts before we sign off? Well, I, I appreciate it as well, Jack, and I certainly look forward to uh, having a further discussion. And I guess the last thing I would say is that, you know, we as leaders, you know, when you look at that word leaders, you see the word lead. I really look at it a little different because at the end of the day, we certainly have to lead. But the way we need to lead is we need to serve the teams that we lead. And I'll just leave you with that thought. Love that thought. I will start with that thought when we reconvene for part two. So thank you, Bob, for being here. Have a great day. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.